Hey, Wonderfuls, welcome to episode 544 of the JV Club with my marvelous guest, Brea Grant, filmmaker and co-host of the fantastic Max Fun Podcast. Reading glasses, so happy to be back in the podcasting saddle. Of course, I do podcast in a saddle. Uh, it's very, very comfortable. Um, I also podcast sitting on a horse. I want to make you very clear that uh, I'm not I'm not just sitting on a saddle on a chair. I'm on a horse. I'm fully on a horse. Have I never said that in the 12 years I've been doing the podcast? Uh, do you want to say anything? My horse doesn't want to say anything. What's my horse's name? I'll tell you next week. Uh, please enjoy this episode. I had a great time talking to Bray. It was very fun to uh, jump back into MASH. I don't know why it feels like it's been so long since I've recorded an episode. I think because Sketchfest takes up so much brain uh, juice that it feels like it's been a year. But uh, what a fun way to get back into it, especially since Max Fun Drive is on the way. So what better time to do some really fun crossover episodes than now? So enjoy the episode. Check out Reading Glasses if you haven't already. And I will talk to you next week. funny because I really I feel like this is the longest I've ever gone not having recorded an episode of my podcast in like the 12 years oh, how long has it been it. well it, tell me how long it's been I mean I think it's only been like it might have been six weeks considering that I may have like recorded the last couple that came out before Sketchfest like enough in advance I can't remember but also like okay. The course of Sketchfest happening feels like three months, even though it's three yeah. weeks. So I really did. Like, I pulled out my little MASH game and was like, oh, yeah, as if it's been right. years. Like, yes, blowing uh-huh. the dust off I, it. Um, I understand. It's uh, it, that's it's very funny. It's what is. Tell me what Sketchfest is. Uh, Sketchfest is a comedy festival that I founded um, twenty three years ago <gasps> when I lived in you San found Francisco. It. Look at you. Yeah, okay, me and my okay. couple of my uh, couple of my sketch uh, mates that I was in a sketch group with at the time, um, and there was like no place to perform. Really, I mean, there were places, but there was just like. You might get to do a sketch on a variety show or you would like do a sketch at a open mic at a, you know, stand up play. Yeah. Like which, you know, that's just doesn't people are like, no what, who are it. you? This is my bachelor yeah, yeah. party. I need to laugh yeah. every fe- second. <laughs> like I'm drunk. You know what I mean? Don't do some kind of weird like thinky, <laughs> thinky satire. Um, uh, and so, yeah. So we just ended up like um, banding together with five other sketch groups that we had met over the course of trying to perform the year that we had been doing stuff and rented a theater and then just had it for the month and everybody got a chance to kind of perform with everybody else and um i mean mm-hmm. it really it was like oh what i'm describing just sounds like a month at the ucb but there is no ucb up there so there was nothing right. like that and then we wow. just kind of grew it out and you know started accepting people from elsewhere and started having headliners Great. and stuff and now it's this like mammoth um uh intense beast that is still the essentially the same length that it always was but now it's like you know two 200 plus shows and 14 venues and like every type of comedy that you can imagine and some stuff that isn't really comedy that we just like that we sort of shoehorn in that's amazing and do you do this every year uh every year except for covid every year except for sure. it's every january so we skated in um right before everything kind of shut down yeah. uh, in 2020. Oh, wow. And then we did not get to do 2021 or 2022. Sure. Um, yeah, sure. So last year was our first year back 
uh, oh, since 2020. Nice. And uh, yeah, but it's it's definitely um, a different experience doing it now. Like it, last year, it was sure. much more COVID-y careful. This year, mm. it, you know, it's sort of up for grabs what people feel comfortable with or what they want to do. But just yeah. the whole like climate of doing live shows is, you know, so many theaters closed and everything's yeah. so much more expensive than it used to be because people are trying to you know find ways to come back from not having business and we are too so it's definitely like grown-up problems which producing a festival always was but um yeah I continue to have this feeling like I'm not old enough to have to deal with these problems yeah (laughs) that's my everyday life where I'm like I have to register a car like what (laughs) can't someone else do this for me yeah it doesn't matter and it doesn't yeah it doesn't matter if there's like a, a parallel responsibility that you've already conquered it, it that yeah. almost doesn't matter to where I'm like well yeah 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 I know what if what how to like fill this thing out but not this thing <laughs> you know yeah this is a new thing this is a new thing and also didn't I do this last year why do I have to keep yeah. doing this yeah yeah well that's cool though it's great that you're back I, I I'm I'm happy to be back and I'm still totally drowning in accounting and stuff so it's uh oh, yeah. thank you for giving me a break that has absolutely oh, nothing God. to do with math Okay, good. Unless well, we get we are, deep I into STEM. <laughs> yes, <Yeah. exactly. laughs> I have a lot of math things to talk about. <laughs> I guess we can start with trig. I never took it. So if you want to walk me through, if you did. Um... Uh, weirdly, I was a math major when I first started college. Oh, my God. You really were. Yeah, isn't that weird? I really that was. Uh, just for amazing. a semester. One one semester of, of, a ma- of being a math major. I still then... salute you because yeah. nothing makes me more uneasy than math. Just the sense, really? uh, yeah. yeah. There, I just don't trust myself. I don't trust that I'm coming up with the right answers. I've said this many I, times, but I don't like that you can come up with a wrong answer in math. I feel like it oh. should just stall out, and there should just be emptiness where an answer would be, so that you know, oh, like, no, this can't be right because I don't have a number here. But the right. fact that you can like go through a whole system, show your work, and then be like, "What do you mean it's wrong?" <laughs> Yeah. I worked really hard on this. <laughs> but see, what I liked about math was there was a correct answer. Which and is, this is one of the problems I have with life in general, yeah. where like there's there's no correct answer on where to eat at night mm-hmm. for dinner yeah. or like what movie you're supposed to you know what I mean? And like I'm like I wish there was just a right answer and there's not, and that is frustrating to me as a person who likes that kind of order. Um, I admire that and I would love to have had that relationship with logic <laughs> for sure. Um, instead of being like, it's, I'm feelings based. Is that cool in math? Yeah. <laughs> this feels like a fun number. It is. Uh, okay. Cool. So, so, so you were obviously, I mean, I got, I would assume that you weren't a terrible math student in high school and then just decided mm. you were going to overcome it because you loved math yeah, so much. Wow. You were probably. <laughs> uh, no. In fact, like I'm the person who uh, quits anything I'm bad at. So oh, um... <laughs> God, I hear you on that. I hear Definitely you on not. that. Definitely not. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, yeah. So, so uh, what did you imagine would come of majoring in math? I I, such a good question. I feel like when you're like 18, you're like, what, where, where, what am I, what should I do? And you have like percent. no sense of the future. Yes. Um, because what I did was I, I was a math major briefly and it was because honestly, like, like shout out to like, I had a really good um, math teacher in high school Makes and um, yeah, it really does. And then I got to college and I was like, ah, I'm not 
not as good at this as I probably thought I was. And uh, I really love my classes on like very specific uh, women's history and uh, American history. And so then I changed my major to um, American studies and women's studies. And uh, I never looked back and became and was total humanities person after that. So I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, that's and, and you're kind of listing stuff. Not I mean, no shade to high school because I do actually feel like I remember my high school English classes uh, way better and like the material that we covered more than I do hmm. uh, college, even though I loved those two. But I feel like there's the, like what you've described are the classes that I remember being like, oh, my God, this is what college is for. Like, exactly. you know what I mean? Like, oh my God. just stuff yes. you're like, we, I never even knew you could study this. Like, those I, moments are so exciting when you're that age. It, 100%. I remember I was taking a class called Women and Madness. And it was like women's I relationship with, with uh, like, the, like the psychiatric industrial complex. And I was like, yes. I'm here for this. This is exactly like it's what yes. I wanted to be studying. It was like that. And I took like a class on like just on 1960s like radical movements. Oh, and I was like, yes, indeed. I can like make a major out of this. Oh. And the answer is yes, but it will be useless in the oh, real no. world. <laughs> so that was what I learned. I got that major. <laughs> And I yeah. was completely useless, but I did learn some fascinating. I can have a lot of conversations about like I took a whole class on Ben Hur. Oh like, wow, the history okay. of Ben Hur. Wow. Like not useful, but uh-huh. um, uh, I'm great at parties. See, see, <laughs> how dare they? Which honestly is part of my life, so it's fine. See, there you go. And where where did you go to uh, college? Oh, uh, I uh, University of Texas in oh, Austin. Okay, great. And yeah. where yeah, did yeah. you go to high school? Uh, in East Texas. I grew up in a small town in East Texas. Yeah. Um, near, uh, right there on the border of Louisiana called Marshall. Okay. A town called Marshall. And um, uh, yeah, if you drove from like Dallas to Shreveport, Louisiana, mm-hmm. you'd pass through it. Okay. You'd, you'd not see it, but you would pass through it. You would be like, there's an exit and you would never exit unless right. you need to go to like the McDonald's or something. And yeah. then I went to school in Austin and I got my undergrad and my graduate degree in uh, at, in Austin. Gotcha. Gotcha. What was your grad yeah. degree in? American studies That's also. American. Got it. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, so how so how small was Marshall? Uh like twenty thousand. Okay. So not so small. Yeah. Not like not like you know. But twenty. That you know, one high school. Yeah, I was gonna of, say you know. that still feels like possibly you're not meeting a ton of new faces as a young person oh, no. going through. No, going no, 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 through no. The- that was what I like. So University of Texas is. Um, uh, a school that was, I think, twice the size, just the population of the school is twice the size of my hometown. Yeah. So that was awesome because I was like, no one knows me. Like, it would like such a like, yeah, yeah, you know. That's a big deal. I mean, that that is something mm-hmm. that I continue to be fascinated by in talking about people's high school experiences, like the difference between people who, you know, moved around a ton because they were, you know, army brats or came from one small place and really just knew everyone Mm-hmm. And and through through and through and like this sort of process of because I definitely had a mix of that. I mean, I definitely had like a high school I went to mm-hmm. where I knew some kids, but a lot of it was new. And I felt very free to kind of, you know, change the way I looked and change the music I listened to and like have that evolution. And I'm wondering yeah. if you because it seems like it goes both ways. Like some people are like, yeah, I knew everybody, but like, fuck it. I still fell in love with, you know. Ani DeFranco mm. or whatever and mm. you know changed did you ha- did you feel like did you go through sort of phases where you were like you knew me Certainly. as this 
but now I'm this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like I. So yeah, I discovered punk music in 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 my freshman year of high school. Yeah. So I shaved my head. Amazing. I went from like hanging out with the popular kids. You know, because I grew up in the '90s where they were still like popular kids. I think that doesn't. You tell me. Does that exist? Are there popular kids anymore? Is that a thing? I, I feel like, like it's. Or are they still... the different people? They're not the jocks. Like it's like somebody else. Yeah. Like, I mean, I right? think it depends on where we're talking about because I do still okay. feel like. Like my um my sweetie is from San Antonio and you know, I think there's like in dealing with being around his kind of nieces and nephews and stuff, they I feel mm. like they're sort of more living something that would feel familiar to you, maybe. Got it. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Like I still feel mm-hmm. like there's like sports are super important and okay. weirdos are still kind of weirdos and that's great in certain circles and it's less appealing in others. And you Got know, it. queer kids still feel like they're you know, being marginalized Certainly. or beat up and stuff like that. So, um, some stuff, yeah. Some, I just, I think it depends on on where you are. Um, mm. But yes, okay. So you shaved your head, and and did you get? How does that work with kind of already knowing folks? Like, were there already kids who had evolved into punk before you that you were like, I'm coming over, everybody? Yeah, for sure, for sure. So I had an older brother, ah, which is always like the yep. gateway, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and there were definitely some kids older than me who were into punk music and I like got a hold of some of my brother's tapes and was like, I like this. And then started hanging out with him. My brother and I have always been really close. So as his friends became like more punk and like he met new people, especially we, we made friends like kind of outside of our town because their town was not very big. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, we kind of came, I kind of like went over to, to that side of things and like, I had hung out with, like, the popular kids before that and, like, had a lot of friends that became cheerleaders. And um, I never, like, liked that part of it. Like, I worked, like, I my after-school job, I worked at a public library. And I just, like, wasn't quite that person. Mm -hmm. So when I found punk music, I was – I really sort of, like, found my identity in a lot of ways. Yeah. Did you ever um, date friends of your brother's? Um, I tried to, for sure. Um, He was two years older. (laughs) Um, uh, he was two years older. Did I actually achieve it? I don't think I did. I think like I ended up always with sort of guys my own age. Um, for the most part, uh, I wanted to, but I they 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 were not having me. I've always looked very young. Mm. Um, and I when I was you know fifteen, I looked twelve. You know, so it was like yeah. when I was sixteen. You know what I mean? Like so, I think I was not appealing to people a little older than me even two years older than me it's not not appealing <laughs> that's probably good yeah, i was a little shrimp i'm just sure your shrimp, brother would you know? have been like dude i'm so uncomfortable about this like yeah, to just any probably. yeah any any friend i have a friend who like as you're describing this it's interesting because i have a friend that i'm still friends with who was uh the same age as me but a year younger because i skipped kindergarten whatever it's not it's like kind of a thing but not a thing because I basically just went through kindergarten and preschool it's not like I was like a savant Um, okay but so she was my age but her older brother was uh was a senior when I was a freshman so she hadn't like come to the high school yet and I dated her brother when he was a senior when I was a freshman and I mean I thought I was hot shit because he was punk he wore like um like eyeliner but it was almost like football player grease like it was he wore oh so much of it it was just like a smudge and like a big like finger size swipe uh-huh. and uh and it's funny because like you know that uh, unsurprisingly was not a long lasting relationship I feel like you know I went out with him for like a maybe a month but uh-huh. you know he told like like again 
not because he loved me, but because everyone thought that's just what you said, you know, within like two sure, days of, of dating, course. you're like, yeah, I love well, you, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes, of course. And, of course. and then, and it, that, you know, ended as quickly as it began, but I had met his little sister through that. And then she and I became close over time. And, oh, you know, that's nice. Um, so I was just thinking about like, but had I been friends with her first and then dated her brother, I think she would have been like, this is so gross. Don't ever talk to me again. <laughs> of course. Of course. Where do you think he got the eyeliner? Do you think he went that's to the store question. and bought it? Or do you think he like got it from his mom? That's a good question. Um, I'm going to say, God, was it? I mean, I genuinely am like, was it eyeliner or was it oh, grease yeah. paint? I don't know. Could have been grease paint or could have been a marker. It could, you know, yeah, like at that yeah. time we were we were coloring our nails with yeah. like markers oh, for sure. and like Black I was putting on my nails. Yes. Yeah, I was putting like like marker in my hair. Hundred percent. I would. Hundred yeah. percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I, but I will say he definitely. It was definitely a mod punk blend. Um. So oh, it was I like emo y mod. Everybody, those folks hung out together because it was kind of a still a small group. So, mm-hmm. um, there were definitely like guys who were doing their makeup beautifully. Okay, so I think he style. would have felt wow. it, I think he would have felt empowered to mm-hmm. buy eyeliner even though he was kind of doing the you know the punk rock version right. of that. Wow. Wow. Where is he now? Great question. I need to ask. Okay. Uh, I need to okay. ask his his sister. I mean, I think they both they, sh- they both I think went into like the sort of administrative side of politics, but I I, I mean oh, she certainly did, but cool. um I feel terrible cuz it's been a minute since I was like, "How's Stefan?" Um but yeah, you're anyway. friends with her now. That's fine. I, yes. I'm friends with her now. It's totally fine. Uh, and so, okay, so you did you you did not date people who were older than you because you already looked no. super young. Oh, but do you want to know? This is very. This is a, a side, a little bit of a side note. But so there, I but I you know obviously I had crushes on guys who were in bands and a lot of local bands. Sure. And I definitely remember like I would always try to talk to them and try to date them uh even though i, I was very outgoing um and because i was from a small town you could talk to anyone sure. right and i would just walk up to people we'd go to shows in dallas and i would just walk up and start talking to the band and um there was a band that um uh, uh a, a band local to dallas that i would go and see and like i was in a band and my band would open up for them and i had such a crush on the singer and Janet, i married him i married <gasps> him a- <laughs> <laughs> So I did eventually get the guy at the time he wasn't interested when I was like 16, 17. Yeah. Because uh, he was a lot older than me. Um, but but he got interested about eight years ago. Oh so. <laughs> my God, that's amazing. I'm sure you yes. have I'm sure you guys have joked all the time, like, you know, it's probably for the oh, best yeah. that you weren't that interested in me and then because that wouldn't have been a oh, great sure. like decision no. for either of you. Him, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Of course. No, neither of us were, were ready to be married. But I but, do need yeah. to hear about mm-hmm. this band uh, and what you did in it and and oh, opening for my band. For not his band. Your band, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, because I like found punk music and then I was friends with all these women. I've always had like a lot of female friends and um, I feel like there's a lot of women, especially get into punk, they're like, all my friends are men because I liked punk music. Yes. And I'm like, no. I had a bunch of female friends who were also into punk music. Oh, and um, uh, and we were like, I, again, I always had crushes on these guys in the bands and I, I think like, and this is a lesson I've had to learn many times in my life where like, I think I had crushes on them because they were in bands and I but really I wanted to be in the band right. is what it was yep. and totally I feel like it. I re- have relearned that over and over again where I'm like I have a crush on this director no no I want to be uh-huh. a director you know <laughs> totally. like that That like I have to like relearn that lesson but um, uh, so my friends and I were like let's start a band who wants to play what and I was like maybe I'll play drums I don't know like I've <gasps> I have like space so I went and bought a drum set oh from God. a friend for like a hundred bucks or something which Amazing. was kind of a lot then for me yeah. uh, but I had a I had the job at the library it was fine and um, <laughs> and I learned to play drums and we played uh, like I played in a 
in a punk band um, all through high school and then kind of let it go after that. But Wait, so yeah. no one played already played an instrument when you decided yeah, you all decided to... you figured I out. I <laughs> love that so much. But speaking yeah, of no, things that you say, okay. you you know, you, you joked that you quit everything that you weren't good at. Uh, and I'm right. not saying that, you know, that can't be true most of the time or feel true. But um, but I do have to say I love just, yeah, the the spiritedness of like, yes, this is what you do. It's punk. Like, if you yeah, want to be in a band, be in like, a band. Learn learn how to play. It's as simple as that. Right. You that's, know? that's punk ethics. Like, yeah. you can learn it yeah. if you really want to. And to be fair, like, obviously, I have stuck with some things that I wasn't immediately good at. But you're never going to be immediately good at an instrument. Yeah. I think yes. it's more like. It's some, you know, when I moved to LA, I tried improv and I was like, ooh, everyone else is very good at this. And like, I was like, not me. Oh boy. I'm going to do something else. I'm going to try something else that I'm uh, better at. Um, So yeah, I mean like that, yes, we were all not good and our band was not good, no. but uh, we still got to play shows because, you know, that's like, that's the punk I ethics of it, it all where it's like, yeah, we'll learn, we'll get better yeah. as we go. Well, and like, yeah. I mean, what was the name of your band? There weren't that many bands in right, East Texas. Right. So like we got to play the show. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You were the ones who were brave enough to go, let's do this and see what happens. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. What was the name of the band? I was in a few. The first one was called Junction June. Junction no. June. No, wait, sorry. Okay. You want to hear the really, truly embarrassing? Please. Uh, we started as, because this was the 90s. We started as a ska band. Great. So that was kind of horrifying. So that one was called Shut Up and Dance. Great. Great ska band name. That's I actually, I mean, uh, listen, I've heard, you know, there's way worse, like, early band <laughs> names out there. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was in a hardcore band after that called Vicky Lawrence Fan Club. Great. That was, like, kind also of the same great. people. So, yeah. Yeah, those are clever names. Those are clever names. I thank you. you. Thanks. There's like Mm -hmm. the 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 early band name experience is similar to like the early improv group experience, where I just feel like there's a lot of names where you're like, I don't think we need to go into what we were called. (laughs) (laughs) Totally, and I think you could let that lie. You could definitely play play like uh, a band name or improv name, you know, from the the early aughts. Like which one? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. there was a brief time where our uh, group, I think, almost called themselves Tiny Orphans with No Hope. <laughs> we thought we were so funny. <laughs> I like it. I think that's clever. Very clever. Yeah. There is a bit. And then we also toyed with the Great Depression. And then there is now, I think, a sketch group or an improv group that has played Sketch Fest called the Great Depression. I was like, hats that off. Is- uh-huh. I'm glad you That's guys great. did it. Good work. Good yeah. work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Is be- right. So is being punk rock um, can be uh, exclusive to like we're not going to also be good students because that's not very punk rock. I will say that my friends were all really good students. They were like yeah. the nerdy, super, super smart kids who were also super punk rock. So somehow we made it work with like, I mean, people were still ditching class and stuff, but that was also part sure. of it. It was like, yeah, you know what? I'm so punk rock that I'm so smart that I can ditch class a bunch of times and still get an A on the <laughs> test. Punk rock! Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. That was I was always a good student. I'm I'm such a rule follower though. Like I I wish I wasn't. Like there's times my husband is not, and I'm always like, he's just such a like I don't know. Well, like such a re- such a rebel, and I'm not. As much as I loved the music, I was like, no, I'm gonna go to class. But also, I was in this small town, and I knew I didn't want to end up there. Mm. And like there was part of me that was like college. Like I can yeah. do college, and that will be outside of this, and I will be able to f- go to the larger world. For sure, I. And that was important to me is like knowing I could find this like way out. So um, I I think that was part of it. And also just like I have a rule following sense to me and I can't get rid of it no matter what I do. It's very funny that Mallory, who I do my podcast with, she's the same way. So between the two of us, we're just like we will. We're so on top of it. Her more than me, which is uh 
honestly shocking. Uh-huh. But, yeah. I don't know. Where does yours come from? Because I don't know where that comes from, why I'm such a like. I mean, I think some I, of it I is like just rules. being socialized as a female in America. But uh, oh, okay. I yeah, I yeah, think we're, right. I that think is we're, right. Yeah. We're not supposed to, we're supposed to feel shame if, you know, we get called out we for doing out. something wrong and we're supposed mm-hmm. to apologize and all I do. the time. I do. I know. I, do I feel too. shame. I do too. It's it. Like I still feel shame over like the dumbest I crap. Know. Like I like, you know, like if someone pulls me over, I'm like speeding. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm speeding. Yeah. Like, like, no, I'm an adult. Like this just happens. <laughs> I know. I know. It's a weird. That's one of the things that I kind of love about teenage years is that I feel like that's where there was the most tension for me between wanting to feel like I could break the rules or wanting to do things that were, you know, frowned upon in some way, um, but still somehow held on to whatever that core part of me was that also still like, I don't know, there's just a lot. I feel mm. like that happens a lot when you're going through puberty is so, like you're okay. you feel more empowered and emboldened and you have like less of a sense of mortality. So that might be the time you do your most stupid stuff. But um, 100%, you know what I mean? 100%. Yeah. Did yeah. you did you were yeah. you like a straight edge? Did you guys like drink or try drugs or anything like that? Or no, I wasn't. I wasn't. So like I mean I I mean I wasn't straight edge. Maybe I maybe I claimed to be, but I didn't drink or do drugs. I was very again, very straight A. Like had a shaped head, went to shows every weekend, like played music, but I was also like in a lot of ways, like I was the person who organized the shows. Mm-hmm. I was the person yeah. who organized that my band was going. Like I would get everyone in a row. Like I was definitely like the den mother in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I still am. And like I liked to organize things. I mean, I literally didn't drink alcohol until I was 21. <laughs> I'm like, I'm such a, again, rule follower. Like yeah. I don't like, it, it would just have like broken me to try to do something. And, and I did drink a lot in my 20s, but um, I was very still very careful the whole time I was drinking. Like, just, I'm, I'm, I'm very boring. It's funny. It's not boring. Okay, okay, good. Thank you. Uh, my friends from college, we are all still very close. And um, we're just such a funny group because people are like, oh, you're gone with your friends from college somewhere. It's going to be wild. I'm like, we have never been wild, not one day in our <laughs> lives. Like, <laughs> we would stay and drink at home and have dance parties with each other. Yes. We're all very close and like each other. Yeah. But we were not out, like, causing a ruckus. <laughs> I mean, again, I you know. Saying that it's boring not to be uh, uh, an underage kid drinking is like that's your it's more it's more right. interesting to not. <laughs> I mean, I definitely was, um, but I but yeah, I don't I don't look back on that time as like God, that's when I was at my most original. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure not. Um, yeah. Outside of uh, of of the music that you were listening to, what did you like to do with your free time? Like, did you you know you're practicing? You're in a band. Um, are you a kid who like goes to the movies all the time? Are you an avid reader? Are you disappearing into books? What's that look like? Yeah, books were my my definitely my thing. I mean, I did. I feel very fortunate because it was the '90s. So like, and there was a movie theater in my hometown that I think was a dollar fifty for first run theaters. Maybe it's three dollars by the time I got to high school. But it was That's like great. very I know super cheap. So, um, we would go see like all the horror movies, which I ended up being a horror person that's a horror movie maker which is amazing but um that was just something I feel like you did with your teenage friends that was like what we did but yeah I was a reader I worked at a library um and that and I just shelved books for like four years and but I ran like a children's summer reading program and like I always was very um yeah I've always been bookish and like books were really an escape for me like I learned a lot from them that wasn't necessarily taught at school and like got into like in that era I was really into like Vonnegut and like the like the beat era and like that kind of stuff like I loved Kerouac like that was sort of that era of my and some like 
what we would call YA now that YA kind of like didn't exist at that time as a category. But um, mm. um, yeah, that and science fiction. I loved science fiction. Um, my dad had a bunch of old science fiction books that I that I would read. I loved. Um, or I said Brungan. Uh, Salinger, J. Salinger. So like those were kind of like my yeah um th- my world. And then as like I got more into punk. It took me a while, but I discovered Riot Girl because, you know, everything had to trickle into East Texas. It wasn't sure. like we didn't. The Internet was like so early on. Oh, you yeah. know, So I wasn't like so I would get like, you know, catalogs and magazines and like read stuff. But it was like I didn't have like a good sense of like what was going on in the rest of the world. Sure. And then as I discovered Riot Girl, I did get into like feminism and started like ordering Riot Girl zines and like learning more about like feminism through through that world. But um. Yeah, it, it took me like to like my junior or senior year to actually figure all that out. Which again, that seems like very progressive for even being in high school in a small place to you know, mm. um, yeah. Because it definitely, yeah. I mean, there was stuff that I. It took me being in San Francisco and like being face to face to something to be like, oh, I could have been like you know in a, like a chat group about this or like this was yeah. something I could have. Because unless you have people in your life who are actively, like, seeking out the internet and, like, teaching you, which was not something that was really happening for me, you know, it just took a long time to know, like, oh, this ho- so oh, this has been here. Got it. <laughs> like- you, like, people don't understand, like, how long it took for, like, bands would be broken up by the time I discovered them, you oh, know? Totally. Like, like, you just, like, there was no way to, like, learn about this totally. stuff. And I remember uh, my brother went off to college and then he made me, like, a, a mixtape full of a bunch of Ride Girl bands and a bunch of spoken word stuff and I was like oh there's like women out there talking about this and like I love that and that seems like uh that like really opened my eyes oh yeah absolutely mm-hmm. um okay and so you and the the horror films did that spill over into like reading like Stephen Kingy kind of stuff too or is that not as much as you would think yeah. this is so much so, separate in a way yeah I'm in a Stephen King book club now and I'm kind of like feel like I'm learn I'm like having to like go back and learn all of that I loved Dean Koontz because we had a bunch of Dean Koontz books at the library, yeah. which I feel like no one talks about Dean Koontz anymore. He's still writing, by the way. Oh, I know. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I I think because I got a couple of Audible Dean Koontz's for like a road trip. Great. I was like, this is easy listening. Like this, the, the, yes. yeah, this is goes down real easy. More How so even it? than was Stephen it? King. I mean, yeah. it, it wasn't great. But now I get like notifications. It's like Dean Koontz has yeah. a new he one a new just one. for He's you. He's ready for you. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you're the last listener. You should you should download this. That's right. <laughs> I find Stephen King is so good for audiobooks because Stephen King loves to describe something for so long yeah. that like you can tune out for a second and then you're like, what was he? Oh right, okay, yeah. We're still we're still uh, at the diner where we're describing right. like the handkerchief in the guy's pack back pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Like yeah. like you know you're yeah very this, much. Uh, so. We're still in the working class like description of this person's town uh-huh. and whatever. Um, uh, yeah, so I'd like that. That I could see Dean Koontz also working for that. Yeah, I I mean, and certainly being at the library and like what's around. I mean, I I worked mm-hmm. um, when I was in college. I worked at a shop that was like catty corner from a bookstore and so I would and it was a very quiet shop there was never anything going on and so I would just sort of go in and buy a Dean Mm -hmm. Koontz book because they had there was they that's what they had a lot of because there were so many and it was like an easy quick read and then I would just sort of I think I feel like I got to a point where I where they knew me well enough that they were like why don't you just trade this? Like you clearly yeah. read it once and it looks like no one read it. So I don't keep buying these for, you know, six ninety five a piece or whatever they cost back then. I can't remember. But um mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely uh I definitely definitely went down that road, but I, I felt 
I, I don't know something about I mean I don't I don't remember being told this but inherently I remember sort of thinking like I mean Dean Koontz is kind of like trashy version of like I remember mm. thinking I think I snobbily thought even then like well, Stephen King somehow was like operating at a higher level intellectually yeah. than Mr. Koontz. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, interesting. That's I don't so even funny. know if that's I, true, but I think I just I, maybe because I had read I Stephen think, King for longer or something, I was like, maybe, more, yeah. I haven't read a Stephen Koontz book in so many years. I actually have no idea. I think that is the sort of perception, but who knows? I mean. Coons heads, reach out to us. I feel like we got to yeah, know because like, I'm sure there's Coons people. Heads, we want to hear from you. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you remember horror movies that specifically like just really worked for you when you saw them in the theater? Mm. Yeah. Um, Scream for sure. Yeah. Um, t- still one of my favorite movies. 28 Days Later really affected me. Oh my God. Me. That was huge for me. Huge. That was I'm huge still, I for mean, me. I mean, Danny Boyle in general I'm just always interested in what he's doing. It's like I'm doing a new one. I know. I just heard. I'm so excited (gasps) because the second one was really good too. So good. I know. Danny Boyle. It's that 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 movie blew my mind, and I think I and the music, and I think I was like Mm -hmm. starting to get into like kind of more like ravey Brit pop kind of stuff like around then too. So So there was also the kind of feeling of like, oh, I want to be inside of, like these are the cool kids, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you know, you have uh, Mr. Cheekbones himself as the lead. And like, like, that was the first time any of us ever saw him. It's so true. And I remember thinking, this is the most handsome man I've ever seen in my life. I had such a crush on him. And beautiful. Like, he's both handsome and beautiful. He's, He's, like, classic androgynous. Yeah. Yes. Gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Otherworldly. That was one that scared the shit out of me. Oh, my God. It was so scary. It scared me so so much and um and i i remember because we would just go see whatever was out on fridays like i didn't know anything about any movies and i just happened i went and saw those movies because my friends were seeing them so we're like yeah of course we'll go see that and like you know whatever comedy is on the next you know whatever was out and um yeah i just remember those being like really stuck with me in a way where i was like oh yeah these will always be movies that i can rewatch those both those movies uh, over and over again same yeah i mean i think having that that like the the with the scream that sort of like I mean, I know nobody at me because I know that this is very true. Like, it's true that this kind of that kind of meta narrative has existed long before Scream. But I think that movie hit some of us at this very crucial era where in our lives where you're like, oh, I can be inside of the joke and still be scared. Like, you know what I mean? That Mm -hmm. kind of like Mm -hmm. preemptive, like kind of like Shaun of the Dead sort of feeling where you're like, yeah, you're where you're like, I'm cool for getting this. You know what I mean? Well, and like it's kind of making fun of itself, like, but it's also scary and good and you know. Which was the nineties, like that's a great encapsulation Very ironic. encapsulation of the nineties. We were yeah. ironic. Yeah. We were ironic. We were meta. Yeah. We were like, we know more than what is right. We know more. But we, we like still felt like, like we knew the everything. Stuff that we're, yeah. Like we don't we don't want to like not have this stuff. So right. how do we have it and be super entertained by it, but also uh-huh. feel like mm, we're in on something, everybody? Exactly, exactly. Totally. And I still, I still love like a meta horror moment though. Too. Oh, like me I'm, too. Me too. Me meta too. horror is. I don't know if that's a category of horror that we like classify. There's definitely like a lot of books. I feel like in that world, mm. but like. It, even when there's like a meta horror movie that comes out, I feel like, and horror fans love it. I'm like, this is this is what I'm I'm here for. Yes. These are like my favorite horror movies for 
for sure. Like, you know, Cabin, uh, what is it? Cabin, Cabin in the, the Woods. Woods. Yeah. It's a classic, great one. Classic. Um, like, but like movies like that where it's like, we we know you know the tropes. Yes. So we're not going to like retell the story. Right. You know, right. which I appreciate. Yeah. And also just having those moments of levity. Like those tend to be the ones that yeah, also sure. contain some great laughs where mm-hmm. you really connect with the idea of like, oh, being, have, being frightened or startled and having a laugh kind of startled out of you they're so close like you don't realize until it's happening like oh these go great together because they're sort of poking at the same thing for some of Uh us some people are like I don't I get scared quickly and easily and I don't need any amount of that at all (laughs) like just give me the laughs and I get it totally totally I mean I think for me like when making movies putting comedy in them is the most important thing because I need that release and I love that collective release of like okay everything's very tensiony but you can have like one little joke and it's like letting a little bit of air out of the balloon sure. like get let just like it just gives you just enough breathing time I think it's so important and it's just something uh yeah I love when I was an actress it was something also I did a lot of comedy as an actress and a lot of horror and people were like that's so different I'm like no yeah. as an actress it's it's just they're both timing. Yes. It's about timing. If you can get the timing right, you can do both. A hundred percent could not agree more. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like we could do a whole podcast just about those two things existing together oh in God. various media. Um, I'm, I'm down. Let's do that podcast. Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. Oh, darling, why won't you accept my love? My dear, even though you are a duke, I could never love you. You, you borrowed a book from me and never returned it. (gasps) Save yourself from this terrible fate by listening to Reading Glasses. We'll help you get those borrowed books back and solve all your other reader problems. Reading Glasses, every Thursday on Maximum Fun. Soundheap with John Luke Roberts is a real podcast made up of fake podcasts like... If you had a cupboard in your lower back, what would you keep in it? So I'm going to say mugs. A little yogurt and a spoon. A small handkerchief that was given to me by my grandmother on her deathbed. Maybe some spare honey? I'd keep batteries in it. I'd pretend to be a toy. If I had a cupboard in my lower back, I'd probably fill it with spines. If you had a cupboard in your lower back, what would you keep in it? Doesn't exist. We made it up for Sound Heap with John Luke Roberts. An award-winning comedy podcast from Maximum Fun, made up of hundreds of stupid podcasts. Listen and subscribe to Sound Heap with John Luke Roberts now. Okay, so I want to preserve the as much time as we can for this mash game because I already feel okay. like we're like leaning really hard into what I'm excited about for categories that I feel like we can come up with um, for okay. you to fulfill some wishes um, oh, and okay. to very much uh, entertain me and probably make me think of stuff that I'm like, I need to revisit that. Um, because I think, I mean, the first thing I would like to ask you and what kind of juggernauted me into feeling like we had to get into the mash is this idea of three horror movies that somehow we get to manipulate space and time and you get to be a character in uh, three horror movies. Any ones you want from any era. 
um, I get to be a character. Like the horror movies are real, well, and I can be. A- <laughs> I, I, we could go that way, but that seems like it could be slightly destructive. So I think for it this is. version, because I do want to, I will make fake things real at some point in this game. But for this okay. one, it's just like, oh, you, oh, I got no, 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 no. In in this multiverse, um, I played the Shelley Duvall character in. I see. Um, I love it. The Shining. Okay, you know what I mean. Okay, so you're Great. you're you're you're. you're tapping someone out and relieving them and taking on their role in this horror movie from any age or any era. Totally, totally. Okay, 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 okay. Um, I would go, now I know this has some bad connotations, but I would go Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the original Great. movie, not the TV show. And I know there, but that was directed by a woman, just so you know, directed by a woman. Uh, Joss, there is a Joss Whedon connection, but like, let's just leave that because the movie, I love that movie. I think it's brilliant. Buffy, For obviously. Sure. And also, I mean, you know, I don't know. I, I, there's a, there's a, I, listen, there are plenty of people who have disappointed me to the level where I can't ever watch their stuff again. And, sure. and then there's some weird in between stuff where I'm like, I, I'm not going to like, I can't pretend like I wasn't affected by this thing and that it didn't have a positive influence on me. And that doesn't mean that I respect those person's choices. Um, mm-hmm. I have not watched Buffy the series since any of the stuff came out about Joss and I haven't really felt inclined to. So I can't say like I've been dying mm-hmm. to and I've stopped myself, but nor have I been like, ew, the thought of it even because everybody did a great job on it. I mean, I, you know what I mean? It was I, great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was I'm just saying. Changing. And yeah. I loved the series, but the movie was very important to me when I was younger. And the younger. movie is, yeah, totally different. And, and there's, and it really, yeah, yeah, it's great. And um, I can literally, if you were like, what movie can you say every line start to finish? Because uh-huh. I watched it so many times Love in it. seventh grade <laughs> that I, I can actually, I think I can stay at start to finish. Um, uh, so that one definitely. Um, okay, any time, any time oh, period, yeah. I can any do time any. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man, this is so hard because when I, people are like, name movies i'm like what is I well know. that's the evil uh, thing about mash is that it's like it, suddenly <laughs> tasking you with things you're like i know i know things i like but mm. what do i like i mean I, I do feel like i mean scream is a classic yeah. and it has like so many great characters um yeah the char- the question is who to be mm-hmm. in scream what a wonderful yep um oh, what's the name what uh what is the name? No, I mean, okay, okay. I was gonna, I was literally gonna say like, what about? Um, but uh, what's the name of the main character? What's um, uh, um, Neve's name? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nev Campbell. Yeah. Nev Campbell's character's name is, uh, eh, you know, I'm putting whatever. In, her I'm name. Putting in. Uh huh. Her. Great. Uh, yes. Yeah, sorry, my my. I'm gonna lose horror points there. Um, and I'm gonna say. Just for fun, I'm going to say, um, I don't know her name, actually, the lady from Blair Witch Project, because that was such a, you know an what? important movie. I've never seen it, and I just had such a long <gasps> conversation about this at Sketchfest, because Chelsea Weber- Weber-Smith and Sarah Marshall were doing a, 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 a live podcast of You're Wrong About up there, and they started talking about Blair Witch, and I was like, oh my god, that was one of those movies where it came to me too late of everyone else telling me about sure. it and mm-hmm. part of what I was told was like that movie is going to make you physically sick because of the camera like it's good and I was I, like oh mm, I guess I should yeah. never see it and then I just never saw it never saw it I gotta never watch it I need to see it it bothers me it's like this missing little puzzle piece yeah and it's what I think of when I think of like the 90s it's like yeah. you know quintessential found footage and also like those actors got to do like 
so much. Yeah. Like they're really like making the movie, right? Like they like gave them a task and they went and like made this totally. movie, right? And 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 I mean, obviously the filmmakers were there also, but um I just think it was like such an amazing uh Something especially like for its time. I know you didn't say I had to pick '90s movies, but then I did. Oh no, pick all there's 90s no. Movies. Yeah, okay. and by the way, there's there's nothing, not, you're not getting docked any points on this. So okay, I, I don't. Okay, anyone okay. listening, and put I, your points away. I can't think of the lady's name in that movie either, but we'll say the lady from Blair Witch. Great. Heather. Again, I only I like might be, be guessing right. it because I just heard a conversation about this movie and these characters, mm-hmm. so I want to say Heather, but I could be wrong. Okay. Also, I feel I like th- Heather is a perfect name for uh, uh, a 90s horror That character. might be the name of the actress, and maybe uh, the actress's probably, name is yeah. the name of the woman in the movie, though. They may, Again, I, think they I should not pretend names. like I even have a clue since I haven't seen it. Okay. I'm also just horrible at names. This is, like, not my... <laughs> Very bad at them, too. Okay. Okay. Next category, give me three bands that you get to play with at your... And you're at... The whatever height of talent that you feel you would need to be at, you are matched. Oh, you are matched. Oh, you can, are matching. I can just play. Yeah, play, you are matching uh-huh. as well as anyone in the band that you would want to play with. Three bands. Okay, okay. Of all time, of like all should it be Kermit. Oh my god, that's so hard. Because here's the weird thing about me too is that I feel like most people will be like the Beatles, and I'm like, eh. yeah, like not weird. <laughs> I might. I'm not a, like that's like that would not be my dream. Yeah. It would be like. Sleater Kenny. Oh yeah. You know, um Absolutely. Uh, Bikini Kill. Yep. And um you know, I mean there's a lot of like there are some bands with men in them that definitely <laughs> liked them. what a weird statement. Um uh, I'm trying to think. My brother just sent me a uh, a, a text and he was like face to face is playing soon. Actually, you know what? I'm going to say the gossip. I'm going to do all like great. Like uh, man, yeah, uh-huh. the gossip. Great, 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 great. Okay, perfect. Okay, all right. Uh, next category. Let's do three places in the world. Whether you've been there or not, um, we're going to sort of give you the ability to teleport to them and have another home that you can Ugh. get away to. You could be as relaxing as you want, or it could be in the middle of a bustling city. Second home okay. somewhere in the world. Three. I just spent five weeks in Japan just because yeah. we there was you know there was a strike we didn't have anything to do so we went yeah. over to Japan for, for five yeah. weeks I know so I'm gonna say Kyoto was yes. my favorite place I was in Ugh. Japan I mean I could pick three Japanese cities and honestly yeah. be so happy I loved Kyoto um uh one of my best friends lives in Brighton and I really oh like Brighton yeah. so I'll say Brighton my friend April lives in Brighton it's such a gorgeous city. Uh, maybe. I feel it's like they should. a gorgeous city. It's on the ocean. Mm-hmm. It's like small. It has, I think, the most like um, beer gardens like per capita. Yeah. It's like the most hipster city in the world yeah. or something. It's a very cute, very cool town. Mm-hmm. I completely got it. I was like, yep, this makes sense. I know why you love living here. Uh, mm-hmm. Great. Okay. Kyoto, and, Brighton. And I, here's the thing. I miss all my friends in Austin yeah. Texas so I probably will say Austin Great. just because I do in my fantasy I eventually live there sometimes because I miss my friends and they all have kids and I get to see their kids I get it I totally get yeah. it I mean Austin's great um, I have spent more time in Austin than I would have expected to just because it's so close to San Antonio and of course um, and it, and we have family there and stuff and I, I, I always mm-hmm. love it I always being either of those places, I definitely always have to like get over the feeling that I have the flu because of the allergies. Oh my god! <laughs> like the first day, I'm like something's really wrong with me. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm like very tired, and people are like, "Oh, honey, yeah." That's Where did you grow up again? Where Arizona? Where, where'd you grow up? Oh, okay, so Arizona, yeah. Also, yeah. it's humid for you. Yeah, like, definitely, it's so on humid humid definitely on the humid side. Definitely on the humid side. Okay, great. So next category, let's do three authors. Okay. that are 
so inspired by their friendship with you, they write a book <laughs> where somehow they've been inspired been, by you. Okay. You want to see what new work comes of this author based on somehow this magical uh, relationship that you have with this person, even if they're not alive. Okay. Oh, even today. If not even alive. if they're not alive today. So it's another one where you could be like, "Did you not know that Zelda Fitzgerald wrote about me?" You know what I mean? Like, or yeah, or I inspired Zelda to write this, some great work, kind of thing. It's funny because, unfortunately, a lot of authors who have passed that I'm a big fan of, like I'm like, "Ooh, I wouldn't have want to be friends with them." Understood. Like, that's a bummer. It's tricky. Like, it's definitely tricky. It's tricky. Mm-hmm. I'll still go Kurt Vonnegut because Kurt Vonnegut was so important to me. Yeah. Um, um, and then I would say like. Uh, like Neil Gaiman or something, sure. you know, like a like a like a current day yeah. one, and I'll go like Shirley Jackson, oh, you know, great. like Absolutely. like proper horror, like you know, feminist author. Great, yeah. great, great. Okay, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, next category, let's do three. Okay, this now I will do three movies that you can jump into, and you're just in that world, enjoying the place. The you're world. not like a character reliving that plot or anything. It's just you get mm. to dip into that world and just be there whenever you want that feeling, whenever you want to be there. Okay, this is probably all going to be based on like production design because I'm just like I'm great, I, great, great. I am very like location based. Yeah, I love like. Um, Mallory and I talk about on our, our show quite a bit because we're on the same network so I feel like people probably know we have a show totally. um, uh, that like I'm very much like I always start with when I'm pitching a book to somebody where I'm like oh you should read it it all takes place at this place because mm-hmm. I love like a like a cool location yes. so I'm gonna go I mean there must be like a Tim Burton one world like sure. um, like that's interesting and weird like an Edward Scissorhands maybe mm-hmm. that's a fun world like Absolutely. Uh, I'm gonna do that um and then maybe a cool future that's not a total dystopia. Yeah. Like a um like I don't want to live in Blade Runner. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I don't want to live yeah. like like I maybe want to live in like her. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah, yeah, that's a nice future, like a not Yes. Um I love that. or like the fifth element. I mean, I'm gonna go with her. I'm gonna go with her. Fifth element's very um, fun. Very fun. That's fun. That's fun. Is there one like where like everyone has like superpowers? Is there like a movie like that? Like that would be fun. Like I yeah. Like like are we all can fly? Everyone does is the question. Uh, yeah. Because it's so <laughs> yeah. often like what makes this special is that it's the yes. select group of weirdos. But like, is there one where we're all like, you know, we can all fly, or we all I mean, like? I don't uh, know. Is there? Okay, I'm not thinking of anything. I mean, there probably is, but I can't think of anything. I feel like, um, yeah, unless it's like the technology allows us to have flying cars or like packs or something. But I'm trying to think if there's anyone where it's like, no, 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 everyone has these kind of superpowers. I can't think of a Yeah, like, one. can I do the Jetsons? That's not a movie. Um, you can uh, do it. I'll allow it. If you, you allow it. Okay, Jetsons. Yeah. I love future, like future stuff. I'm, I love, I love like robot future space. Yeah. Like I'm in it. Great. I'm in it. I'm excited. Great, yeah. great, great. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one, let's do um, three uh, let's do three collaborations that you can have in this um, this sort of timeless place where if you want to collaborate with and, and it can be any kind of art it can be you know I want to make a movie but I want the production to be the production design to come from blank or you know mm. I want to compose the score to one of Spike Jones's movies wow. or whatever it can be uh, you can sort of assign yourself whatever skill you would want to bring to this collaboration with this person wow I don't okay. know why I'm staying in film realm it could literally be anything that's fine I mean that's what I work in I mean I yeah I would feel I'd feel like I can't 
uh, the music stuff I feel like I've left behind. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, okay, this is just a very recent thing that comes to mind. I just saw Lisa Frankenstein, and I was like, why isn't Diablo Cody writing every movie? Yeah. Like, I yeah. was like, shh. This movie, there's dialogue in that that I'm still thinking about because it was so funny. I'm seeing it this weekend to talk about it on Are Maximum you? Film. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. I'm so glad. The First of all, the production design is great. I can't wait. And also, uh, I, Diablo Cody. I would love to direct a movie that Diablo great. Cody wrote because she is just, she's writing things that we're like not even like I need to rewatch the movie because there are so many lines that like go on where you're like oh wait what was that that yeah. was so funny yeah. like you know like you don't even have time to process you gotta love when it rewards a second watch that's for Ex- very sure exactly um okay okay um okay I would love to do anything with Dolly Parton great literally any artistic what does she want to do does she want to go yeah. paint yes. does she want me to like write something for her do we like can I hold her hair yes. as she performs like whatever it is I Dolly Parton love it uh, uh, so just like I would love to be her collaborator in any way she would like me to be there yes uh, shine, shine her shoes <laughs> um, um, okay and uh, I'm trying to think like it's hard when you're like oh it could be anybody in any time I've given period. you too much leniency it's, it's a lot of I lee, to, lot yeah, of leeway to build the rule follower some rules some deeper rules um, I'm a big uh, Michelle Gondry, Gondry oh, fan oh sure so like I and oh, like yeah. to, to work with him in any capacity where I get to play with like in his world yes Beautiful. would be fascinating to me I love again production design thinking about big worlds that's always really fun to me absolutely love it okay mm-hmm. I gotta go two of my regulars all due respect to your husband in this mash okay. world I do need some romantic interests again okay I'm sorry to make it so wide open but it's any fine. era anytime any character any it could be a cartoon <laughs> it could be you know whatever okay. you want oh. three rom- it could be a cartoon it could be a cartoon and i'm not committing you oh. to a lifetime with this person you know you're just still gonna yeah. it's, it's a, it works as long as it works and there's nothing wrong with that okay okay well if it can be a cartoon <laughs> i was just talking about how hot that fox is from uh the disney robin hood I movie mean, it's, this it's, is it's, one of the most not because because they're everyone's different and there isn't like no it's never like always brad pitt or anything like that there is mm. a, a shocking number of uh people who love that fox that fox he ends up on my mash from time to time a sexual awakening i feel like for an entire generation of people it's a big deal yeah that fox was something and he was like you know stealing from the rich he had like his morals in the right place like yeah there's a lot going on with him um i'm gonna do you know 28 days later era uh killian murphy great are we saying killian or Cillian? i think it's killian Okay. Even though we yeah, all thought right? it was Cillian for a long time. We did. I think it's and Cillian. I think I've probably said his name incorrectly for a oh, long I'm, time. I know I have. Um, um, so that's a good one. Um, and like all time crushes. Um, or just someone I want to be with. Let me think. Uh, this should be so much easier. Um you know, and I'll do, I'll do, I'll do Buffy from Buffy the Vampire sure. Slayer. Her her character, not like the actress, yes. but like the like I want to be with Buffy. Yes, you know, like I want her to protect me. 
Great. You know, and like I feel very safe sleeping at night next to Buffy. Yeah. Like if there was like a, something came in, I don't need to. I, she would yeah. she would be there for me. 100%. Yeah. So I'll do love that. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, love it, love it, love it. Okay. And then final one, three foods that in this reality, maybe it's eh, irresponsible to eat for some reason or you're allergic or, you know, you just can't mm. eat the uh, amount of it that you could when you were younger without like immediately getting sick. But you're Ugh. like, ah, I wish I could just consume that amount of blah, blah, blah. So this is mm-hmm. like it's not the only stuff you're eating, but I'm just giving you permission to have this whenever you want zero ramifications okay to yourself or anyone else chocolate is still my favorite food so i'm definitely gonna do that right um i can't have gluten anymore so i'm gonna do focaccia bread because there's no substitute agree however i I will say okay as a also gluten-free person Mm. I did enjoy the focaccia that I just tried. I've been, I just sort of always eschew uh, gluten free focaccia for the exact reason you just said. But mm. I did not uh, hate the one that Kitchen Mouse makes. The Kitchen Mouse Bakery makes a focaccia. Never, you know, I literally had Kitchen Mouse for lunch today. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> over at that but bakery. I get the salad. Yeah. I, I don't, I never go to the bakery yeah. side. Go over to that little okay. bakery uh, around the corner from the restaurant and, um, you know what, just try a focaccia. I, I feel like you'll be like, I'm glad I had that, whether or not I'm gonna get it every wow. week or not. It was it was a it was a decent focaccia, that's for sure. Wow. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. I'm gonna have to try it. Um and I'll do like an angel food cake, because again, the gluten and I don't do dairy. So yep. like there's there's not a good substitute. Like a fluffy angel food cake. Yeah, that we fluffy is it. that is a tough we have, match. Like cheese, I actually don't miss. Like I haven't had cheese since I was nineteen. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I do not care. But like a fluffy cake, yeah. ooh. Like we we just don't it's hard. It's, it's hard. hard. But I do feel like mm. I've been gluten free for like ooh, maybe like seventeen years now. And oh wow. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, I, life and so has I changed. can't that it's nice when you go through something where you actually see all the improvements. You experience them yes. for yourself. Because now Same I have way more dairy. hope. Yeah. I'm like Yes. Ah, Yes. We could get to an angel I mean, food cake. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I've been gluten-free for about maybe seven years. And I will say even in the past three years, yes. things have changed. Yes. Like, like the technology has really come a long way. Agree. Agree. Yeah. Okay. These are brilliant. Uh, let me Kay. get from you uh, a number between one and nine. One and nine. Uh, four. Great. And I am going to shortly deliver your 100% guaranteed MASH reality. Wow. Um, okay. I would Exciting. love for you to... You know what? Get a little more specific about the podcast. We're getting on towards okay. Max Fun Drive. Uh, tell yeah. people where to find you and also other stuff that they need to be checking okay. out of yours. So um, it's all you. This is vamping time. Oh, my goodness. While I do this, um, but also if you okay. run out of things to say, we could always edit. So don't even worry. I, I never run out of things to say. <laughs> um, I do a podcast on Maximum Fun uh, called Reading Glasses uh, with Mallory O'Mara, who, and we talk about books but we don't talk about specific books don't feel like you have to read a book before you listen before you listen um we talk about reading life ways to improve your reading life it's shocking how much we've become like we both talk about things like oh like like this is a new genre you should check out or here's a new book light but we also talk about ways to like improve your reading life and we've become these like kind of like almost self-help people in some ways, which I never expected from my life. Um, uh, but, and we're very different readers. You can read one book every three years and you can still listen to the show and get a lot out of the show, I think, personally. Um, um, and we come out on Thursdays and we're short. We're like 30 to 40 minutes long. Uh, and um, yeah, you're looking at me. You're done? Are you I done? am. Oh, wow. You gave me a okay, low you're... number, so but that doesn't mean okay. that you can't continue to uh, talk <laughs> no, about di- stuff. Oh, well, you can watch some movies I've directed yeah. if you want. Um, I, there's, 
Uh, there's a movie called Torn Hearts, which is a little thriller horror movie I did for Blumhouse starring Katie Seagal that is, uh, you can watch, I think, for free on Amazon right now. I think it's if you're a Prime member. And then I did another movie called 12 Hour Shift that I directed starring Angela Bettis and David Arquette. And it's about like nurses stealing organs and selling them on the black market. And I think that should still be on Hulu. I don't know. I haven't checked in a while, but I think that great. you can watch both of those. Yes. Oh, my God. I have not seen either, and I cannot Please wait. Please watch them. Not wait. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So this is, I mean, I feel pretty good about this. I hope you feel the same. You came up with some okay. great answers. Um, okay. A lot of these are extremely pleasing to me personally. So okay. first of all, <laughs> I want to congratulate you on your beautiful apartment in Kyoto, Japan. Oh, well thank you. Well played, Ooh, my yay. friend. Well played. Uh, mm-hmm. This feels like that, the spirit of that city um, it works for me. I feel like it's going to maybe inspire you in your collaboration with Michelle Gondry. I feel like there's oh, some, good. some stuff there that you're going to be mining from. Um, so I'm very excited about that. Also, you know, the fact that you can jump into the world of Edward Scissorhands whenever you want. There's some oh, definite, great. you know, I love there's, that. Some, yeah, there's some dark meets there. light and some whimsy meets sadness there that is going to play in very nicely to this this collaboration. Uh, loved the book that Vonnegut wrote, um, Coming From Your oh, Point of View. You. Uh, mm. So, you know, unusual titular female character. Nice to see <laughs> from him. Very cool. Yes, we don't um, see it often. Same, so great. same uh, great rye, uh, you know. Uh, high ho-ness uh, that, he, that he brings to his other <laughs> stuff, but there's something very important about this, you know, this thing that you, um, as as his muse, something really great came out of that. So thank you for that. Um, mm. Certainly that means you've earned all of the unlimited chocolate you can have whenever you want with zero oh, ramifications. thank God. So Ugh. also great. Uh, you can... Uh, you, you were in the Blair Witch Project. Hello! Wow. Let's not gloss over that. Let's Huge, not. very important movie for mm-hmm. both indie filmmaking and the horror community. So mm-hmm. amazing Thank work you. on that. I don't know how you managed to fit that in. I know you were also touring with Bikini Kill for a while. And um, <laughs> that was all amazing. What a great life. Oh, yeah. this is life. Everything's going great. And, of course, you know, the thing that maybe is surprised people the most about all of this um, <laughs> is the fact that you are with a fox from Robin Hood. Now. <laughs> Show me anyone else's life. That might make less sense. It works great here. It works yes. great. You just fit it right it on into this it does. world. It does. And no one's going to question that. You know who the last person is who's going to question that? Michelle Gondry. Nobody. Yeah, he he's going to be it. like, you guys are very happy together. This is wonderful That's, and joyful. Yeah, yeah, listen, we are happy together. It's great. We're very happy it's together. It's great. I know there's a lot of people out there that are very bitter that you ended up with him. <laughs> a lot of jealousy. Tell them to call me. Like we can, yeah. we can. We, the, I, we the can Fox talk. and I have an open, have it's an beautiful. open situation. It's beautiful. We're fine. It's a beautiful yeah, thing. <laughs> uh, wonderful. Um, this was so fun. Thank you. Yes, so thank you for much having for me. Doing it. Thank you so much for having me. And um, <sighs> what a thrill! I'm glad we're on the same network. We're gonna have a um, a fun drive coming soon. We so are. We're, we yeah, are. We're we're gearing up. We're gearing up. I want everyone to get excited and get ready for it. Expect uh, b- some brilliant crossovers like this. I'm sure network wide and. Uh, uh, and thanks for supporting us. We're making stuff we love and we're talking about stuff we love. So thanks for being a part of that, ye listeners. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess I will then talk to you next time on the podcast. Bye. Bye. <laughs> The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi.
Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows, supported directly by you.